With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. That's where our archives A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach in. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. Welcome back. We're in the deep freeze up north here, spreading all across the country. Zero here in Evanston. It got down to as low as uh, seven, eight, nine degrees below zero. But uh, uh, <clears throat> eight years ago, back in 2008, uh, hard to believe. Well, well, it's going to be eight years we've had this call, but moving forward on our first anniversary in May of 2008 of this call, I visited Gary Nobles down in St. Louis, in East St. Louis, Illinois, and he introduced me to Dr. Gerald Higginbotham, author, trainer, life coach, commercial airline pilot, founder of the Descendants of American Slaves on Facebook. He's also a motivational speaker. He was opening a, a... establishment down there in East St. Louis, a restaurant, and uh, it was a venue that I think he was going to use and probably has since used, 
uh, all across the country, visiting communities of faith, communities of individuals who are coming together to commune, to share, to pray, and to make a difference in their lives through education, motivation, and uh, he's got a special story to share with us tonight. Uh, and I reconnected with Dr. G, as we call him. Uh, Gary called him Dr. G down there via Facebook, reached out to him, and he, he acknowledged me back. And uh, we're just pleased to have him on the call tonight. This takes us back all the way to a few visits I've taken down there to East St. Louis and St. Louis. Uh, Gary Nobles, who I met through the late, the late Reverend Kenny Blue Campbell in East St. Louis, who passed away a year ago, uh, they laid down a lot of prayer, a lot of outreach in the community down there with kids, with families, and with people. And uh, anybody Gary directs me to, uh, as an example, uh, here I am, you know, six, seven years later, and uh, this gentleman is still flying across the country, flying all, all over the United States and uh, sowing seeds of goodness, sowing seeds of goodwill, uh, and uh, it, it is bearing fruit, and he's on the call tonight to share his experience and uh, perhaps ways that we can all come together, so to speak, and acknowledge uh, the truth uh, and the foundation uh, of what life and life everlasting really means in this world. Dr. G, thank you for coming on. You are a regular commercial airline pilot, and you, you must have like five balls in the air at any given time between schedules and planning and speaking, and uh, you've been a life coach for years uh, through that organization on, on your website. You have a connection to it. Uh, how did you get called to, I guess, you know, not just carry the cross, but you're walking the talk? You're you're making a difference and you're inspiring others to follow and and do the same with others. Well, well, first off, thank you for uh, having me on the show, Fred. I'm, I'm it's a privilege and an honor to be on the uh, the consciousness show. And to answer your question, it, it started uh, really 49 years ago. I was part of the uh, Watts riot. It was in my Ger Gerald, could you speak closer to your mic a little bit? You're a little bit faded. Okay, how about this? How can you hear me now? Oh, oh that's excellent. excellent. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was part of the Watts riot 49 years ago. It was uh, August 11, 1965. It was uh, in my backyard, literally. At seven, I saw the burning and the deprivation of the community, and I got a wake-up call. You know, seven is a uh, years old is really an a really impressionable age. And I began to see things that um, that I thought I saw that wasn't right. And I began to ask the question, why is it like this? Why is the community burned down? And then three years later, um, the night Dr. King was assassinated, that was basically my 10-year-old birthday present. And so I accepted the call that night. And also, too, right around that, that time of 10 years' age, I accepted Christ in my life. So I've, I've been on that journey for 46 years. And so this is my fourth riot that I've lived through, this one here in Ferguson. It's, it's the fourth one. And I, I understand really what's going on and what we need to do and how we fix it. That's the exciting part. So it, it's, been, it's been a journey. And, and being a commercial airline pilot, that really has helped me to, really to, to frame the questions that, that needed to be answered 
um, that is currently not being asked by the, the the population at large. The seven questions that you got to get answered that has taken me 49 years to get answered, and to come up with a, a systematic A B C D E F G process that can move us from uh, poverty, ignorance, dependency, and complacency to knowledge, wealth, and power, and that can also heal our nation now. We got we got some serious issues that we have not addressed, and I've I've learned now that every time you have a riot, it tells me that you're dealing with the after effect of slavery. It has never been addressed, and so until we address it, things are not going to change. And so we've been off course. And once again, being a pilot, you can be one degree off course. You will not arrive at your destination. It ain't gonna happen. And so, even in our city where we live here in Ferguson, they're not focusing on the key issues that needs to be addressed. And so and so if you keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep producing the same result and in the direction that they're going in, they're not going to be able to fix it. And so I'm I'm doing all that I can to to insert myself in the process to show them that time out we're going in the wrong direction and we got we got to have a paradigm shift because we have shifted anyway from an industrial based society now to a new knowledge based economy. So it's a whole new different paradigm that we're in. And the rules and everything has changed. And if you don't know the rules to the new game, the new system, you're not going to get ahead. You're not going to win. And what we're seeing in our nation right now is we have a shift from that new, from the old industrial age to the information age. And our institutions, our learning institutions, are not prepared to help the people make the, the shift. So it's been an exciting journey, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be on your show. And so, I'm, Dr. I'm King, you were born in '58, the same year I was born. Then <clears throat> that's that's correct. And uh, Gary Noble was in 1958 as well. Man, so 1965, the Watts riot. Now, why August 11th? Is that just the date that stuck out in your? Is that the day that it, 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 it launched, or? Yeah, that's it. Was August 11th, 1965, was the date of the Watts riot. Wow. That we had in our in our nation. I never knew the exact date of that. Wow. Yeah, it lives with me, my brother. I remember, like if it happened yesterday, and and so I've I've been living this thing, and and that's one of the things you ask me. It keeps me going. Now you know when you know your purpose in life, what you're called to the planet to do, it's really exciting because then everything begins to flow towards that. And I'm honored to to be on your phone call tonight. Well, listen, we were we were down there in East St. Louis, and, uh, you know, I, I, gosh, if anyone has never been down there, uh, it's it took me aback because uh, the people were so friendly, uh, and yet around, and we discovered while we were down there, uh, you probably heard about this, Dr. G, the, <clears throat> the worst race riots in our country's history, uh, we're right down there in East St. Louis. That's correct. Yeah, the East That's St. Louis race riot. I mean, it, it was it was uh, uh, some. Uh, they say it was as little as six hundred. I think it was more than a thousand, uh, if not, you know, fifteen hundred people were just hacked to pieces, killed, maimed, uh, just butchered in plain sight. That's and, correct. Uh, that riot was never the truth about what really happened in that riot. To this day, I have, you know, for all of the 
civil rights history and civics and everything else, I've never, ever heard anyone bring up what actually happened down there, even that, that it even took place. It, it was so shameful what they did to the people in East St. Louis. The city has never recovered. Um, and here's the issue that's that we really have in our nation, and, and we're going to have to face it. It's been the big white elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. It is still slavery. And, and, and if you allow me to speak on it for just a few minutes. Go ahead. It's, it's important that I'm glad we're having this conversation because it sounds like uh, two things. I'm, I'm here with the pho- on the phone with some, uh, some brothers and sisters that are connected to the greatest, the greatest source. And secondly, that there are some Americans on the phone. Because, see, we are all Americans. If you, if you were born in this nation here, you are an American. Just so happened I'm a, I'm a descendant of American slaves. Now, having said that, they needed someone to build our nation, and they created the American slave culture. The slaves were created for two purposes, to serve white America, potentially, as well as uh, to build this great nation that we're in. And when we had the Civil War, that whole Civil War was about freeing the slaves. However, after the war, uh, there never was a... Uh, listed in the Declaration of Peace what the slaves should have received for their service to the nation. And so the American slave culture, not African Americans, not black Americans, the American slave culture, because see, those slaves were breeded on those plantations. They were birthed in the natural, this natural soil of America. As a matter of fact, that was America's only child that she has had that was her firstborn slaves. She called them slaves, but that was her firstborn, and we are her descendants. And therefore, the American slave culture has been struggling ever since. They didn't give her no type of economic emancipation for her services. They didn't provide no type of leadership training or how to enter into mainstream America. So the American slave culture has been hurting We've been called slave, colored, Negro, black, now African-Americans. I asked the question, which one is it? We have an identity crisis, and that stems because of a leadership crisis because everything rises and falls on leadership. And so we have a faulty leadership in our communities. And so because of, um, quote, a.k.a. black African-American leaders and my Caucasian brothers and them don't understand how cultures are created. It has created an issue in our society. And so since slavery was the foundation, one of the cornerstones to the building of this nation, there's a crack in our foundation. And since slavery was the economic bedrock to the American economy because everything was wrapped around slavery, it was big business. It wasn't per- slavery was not personal, it was business. And therefore, the slaves still to this date have not been acknowledged as America's firstborn. And until we do that, our nation is not going to heal. You can't solve a problem at the same level at which it was created. You've got to go back to the beginning and have a different thinking. And so we have to do that because... It's not, they're not killing 
African Americans. That's an immigration term that was found in 1952 for the white. This conference is being recorded. From the blacks that came from and whites that came from Africa for the American dream. And after they got certified through the immigration process, they were awarded the term African Americans. The American slaves did not migrate here. They were birthed in the soil. So they are natural-born citizens, and they're America's firstborn because America is a corporation. It's a corporation that operates off of laws, contract, proper legal documentation, and references. And so she has not acknowledged her firstborn. As a matter of fact, America has been a deadbeat parent to its firstborn and its descendants. And so we travel around the world helping other nations, but we fail to address the people her, her firstborn descendants. And so we've been off course. And so we have to uh, uh, change and fix this because healing will not take place. And now I'm going to go spiritual on you because the word of God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so restoration comes before reconciliation. They have to be restored back to their rightful position. And he also said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And the last culture that has been created or introduced to the human family have been the American slave culture. That has to take place. It's biblical. And so what we need to do is get on down the road here and begin to acknowledge the descendants of American slaves as the firstborn and that we need to help them because we are all Americans. And if any American is hurting We are all hurting. So my focus has been to focus on the descendants of American slaves and help them to understand who they are, teaching about leadership development, growing them, and then showing them a simple but comprehensive plan that helps them to get into mainstream America so that they can begin to fix their communities. That's what we need to do. That's what has to happen. And when we do this, we're going to see our nation be made whole. Boy, you got me fired up, Brother Fred. <laughs> hey, Dr. G, so I'm trying to get my head around this. The firstborn, uh, forget uh, we are all Americans. That's agreed. Uh, but we gave birth, the America, the corporation, uh, instituted and and created the institution of slavery, which that's correct, which uh, through which uh, propelled this country's growth in a magnitude along the track that it would never have achieved <clears throat> had it not been for slavery. I guess you could say economically, corporately, uh, and <clears throat> but that whole process was unwound but not resolved, as you say, and not restored and acknowledged uh, through the butchery of 650,000 Americans in the Civil War. Uh, And in the wake of that, uh, self-home rule uh, laws at at, at the local level, at the county level, disenfranchised and completely blocked uh, the path of restoration for all of those people, despite what was written in the Emancipation Proclamation, et cetera, et cetera. It was, it was the Jim Crow laws of the South, 
and uh, they were allowed to fester and nurture and 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 grow and develop into the just diabolical uh, situation that uh, Martin Luther King confronted beginning in the fifties to address. Uh, I would I like to point out one thing that the Emancipation Proclamation was just uh, something that the president had put together of that time. The 13th Amendment... 13th Amendment, was, yeah. yeah it was later. The 13th Amendment was for individualism. It wasn't about a group. Mm-hmm. If you look at our country, we have the Jewish group, we have the Asian group, we have the Latino group. It is but the American slave group, even the Native American is considered as a group. Black seen as individuals. And once again, black is not a nationality. It is a color. It's it's not even a noun, a person, place, a thing. It's an adjective. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we we all we, we gotta look at this thing for really for what it is. We are Americans. However, we are I am a descendant of American slaves. The slave culture is a culture. It's a culture that's totally different from the African-American culture. The African-American culture is for those folks that come from Africa over here, but the slaves never did immigrate. They were birthed here in America. They're two total different cultures. So the use of the term African-American is simply a distraction to distract us. Absolutely. It is. And they're not, for example, in Ferguson, they're not killing African-Americans. They are killing the descendants of American slaves, Americans. So let's call them, you, what, you, what you're saying is, forget about black. Let's That's call correct. it for what they are, descendants of American slaves. They are Americans. They are the original Americans. Americans. Excuse me, because the Americans firstborn. Yeah, they, it, right, Americans firstborn. It really is, they're Americans because America breeded them here. Yep. They were, and once we really understand that they're two different cultures, and, and this is a book, I want to recommend this book that one of my good friends wrote, who is the the founder, really, of the the American slave culture, because he stumbled on this here from his experience, Mr. Norris Shelton. And we work together. I serve as the vice president for the uh, American slave nation, as well as the spokesperson for the descendants of American slaves. The book I recommend is America's Little Black Book. This is a book that I, it's a book that will empower everyone, my Caucasian brothers and sisters, uh, those that are calling themselves, a.k.a. black African-American, they will have a paradigm shift. It is a book that helps them to see it from a different side. Because as you study it and get the information, you will have a mental peaceful, quiet, intellectual revolution in your mind, then we can be able to have the evolution outside once you have the information. I, so I, that's I'm available, sorry. everyone, that's available on Amazon. Just type in America's Little Black Book by Norris uh, Shelton. That's correct. Or you can go out and get it from the website, www.descendantsofamericanslaves.com. Oh, that's okay. Uh, we put that link in the newsletter. Got it. Okay, good. It, it's all out there. And you see, people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. See, it's the problem in our nation right now, it's our educational system. Our educational system is the major corporate because it really do, don't teach American slave history. 
It teach black history, which is really no such thing. But when you are when you when you are lacking in knowledge, you tend to do things that that are counterproductive on purpose to mm-hmm. hinder the people from reaching their full potential. And we're working right now to really to address this issue. And we're out front. If you want to learn more, there's another book that you can get called The American Slaving Renaissance Plan, and it's what we have to do first if we're going to heal our nation. Wait, wait, wait. Could you say, state that again? America what? The American Slave Inc. Renaissance Plan. It's a little blue book. It's out at the website. Okay, we put. We need. Here's what's going to happen. Since corporate America is the father of American slave culture, it invented slavery. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, uh, Brother Fred, I'm so excited about what happened because Corporate America creates some great products. Still to this day, it is still profiting from slavery because babies are still being born from the American slave culture daily. So it's still benefiting from them being consumers. And I might, I'm, I'm going to go here to let everybody know this here too, that after the Civil War, when they freed the slaves, the slaves were ignorant. They didn't know what to do. They were, the, our slave master did not kept them ignorant about commerce, about immigration. And our educational system don't teach that neither. So we've, we've been struggling. You know, one thing I learned about being in East St. Louis, that that whole experience, it was good, but it was also painful mm-hmm. because East St. Louis is really like a plantation. Mm. You have ignorant leaders there. And what I mean by this, they're lacking in knowledge. And, and that's okay to be ignorant when, you, you, when you're not in the know, but when you're in an intelligent society, that can be very detrimental. And one of our, our group over there don't understand business, and you have many slave leaders there. They don't want to work together. The slaves were taught not to follow other slaves. It is what it is. We've have, uh, had an really. Well, you know, they, they were taught not to follow. Well, wow, because, that, you know. Yes, they were taught. A white slave master taught them not to follow other slaves because they didn't want them to revolt or leave. And so we ha- have an issue of working together with one another. The other thing that I learned about being over there is that if you don't have a culture, you have nothing. Blacks have been trained not to support other blacks. I'm keeping it 100. I'm telling you inside what it is what it is. Over there in that community, they boycotted the restaurant. They refused to support the farmer's market. That happened even on the St. Louis side as well. And so I've come to the conclusion that slavery, we're still dealing with the after effects of slavery. And until we, we retrain them, help them learn how to unlearn, then relearn, mm-hmm. putting a business in place will be a waste of time. You will fail. If you don't have a culture, if you don't have a market to sell your product to, okay. you, won't be in business, you won't be in business long. So what I'm doing right now is working to create the American slave culture. Let them be proud of their heritage. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Slavery was shameful. It was, and that's why nobody wants to talk about it, and they're trying to uh, cause it to disappear. And blacks don't want to talk about it because 
They don't know who they are. They don't know their rich heritage. They shouldn't be shamed about slavery. They didn't do anything wrong. My, 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 my Caucasian brothers and sisters that in corporate America that invented slavery, they're the ones who should have the shame, not us. We, have, we were just can't, we're a product of that, that, that situation. But I'm excited about it because America created me. It created one awesome product, and therefore I have the solution to helping to fix this mess that we're in so we can heal our nation and heal our people so that we all can live life and have it more abundantly as my Lord and Savior came here for. Dr. G, we were talking yesterday just briefly. Um, I just kind of blurted out, uh, uh, and and this is not my knowledge years ago, but when I peeked behind the curtain uh, of the financial system, of the political system, of the corporate uh, <clears throat> control that we're, that we're in from every direction, I realized it was painful for me to acknowledge this, that uh, that uh, we are all slaves here in America. We are Hello. Yeah. Hello. We are all well, slaves. <laughs> well, technically, after the Civil War, the physical chains came off of the descendants of American slaves or the American slave culture, mm-hmm. but they still had their mind and they became economic slaves. Yes, we all now are economic slaves to the government because as you work on these jobs, they take money from your paycheck and give it to the government where there's really have been no accountability. It has been a lot of wastefulness. Mm-hmm. But we're now all in the same boat, so to speak, economically. We're all economic slaves. The rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And we're moving from, um, I'm going to say this here, and some folks may disagree with me, we're moving from a three-tier society to a two-tier where you're either going to be rich or you're going to be poor. Well, maybe there's still, maybe there'll still be a third. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, there'll be a third, rich, Poor and Poe. So bad, Brother Fred, they can't afford the R. Okay. Oh, God. Poe. <laughs> Man. Oh, you know, gosh. I'm having fun, Fred. You know, I'm having fun. But we got to fix this thing. We can do it. If we can't fix it, it's broke. But I believe we, the people, we have the wisdom, the knowledge, and we have the processes. And, Fred, I was just a little ahead of my time trying to put in the new 21st century model over there yeah. because I really didn't understand the American slave culture. I, I only came into knowledge of that. You know, it, it, you know there's seven questions you got to get answered, and one of the questions was, how did we get in the present predicament that we be in today? Yep. I, I didn't have that question nailed until I ran into Mr. Norris and I, and, and I read that book America's Little Black Book. That brought it right on home, and it just opened up the door. It, it just op- It was the last pin in the lock to open the door. And that's and, why and what Mr. we're doing is Mr. North is still alive, then, right? He's, oh, he's, he's alive. He's alive and well, and he's a phenomenal young man, wow. a seventy-year-old man that I I, I encourage. Uh, I mean, if you probably Google him, his information will come up. But he's a uh, well, definitely, I got to, we got to get that book uh, out. I'll, I will definitely get that book and read it, and encourage others to read it as well. 
It'll be life-changing for them. Uh, here's what I don't want your audience to do. This is not to make anyone feel guilty or feel bad. No, 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 no. There's just got to be healing that has to take place on both ends because once we understand what happened, what I'd like to see your audience have is compassion, that I understand now what went down. No, you didn't do it. Your forefathers did. But now as American, we have a responsibility and obligation to make it better. And, and that's where, where I'm at with this here. I, I'm going to keep on moving forward and helping to put the model in place, and I hope and pray that Fred will have an opportunity to work together because we have something special that can heal our nation. It's a, this is about rebuilding our nation from the bottom up. We, we have the processes to, to do it, but I've learned that before you go clean up anyone else's backyard, you've got to clean up your own. And so I'm committed to the descendants of American slaves, helping them to reach their full potential. It, this is quite, quite something. Uh, on this call tonight, what Dr. G is basically saying is we, we were, we're not using the word African-American. Or, or the use of the word black, we're, we're going all the way back to the foundational roots of this, as you say, culture of slavery. And, right. and uh, these were the original American slaves, uh, the corporate controlled culture that, is, that uh, used that system to build America is the same system that still is in power today. And uh, I've rec recognized that I'm I'm a slave, and we're all slaves, economically speaking, as consumers and everything else. And uh, yeah, okay. Now connect the dots here, Gerald, Doctor G, spiritually to to prayer, to scripture, to some of these other things, because okay. you know we we're cracking a lot of prayers down there with with Brother Blue and, and Gary Nobles over those over two or three trips, and it was it was quite an amazing time and I we all felt something was something big was going on down there and and, and uh this recent experience with Ferguson shows that something is it, it's sort of like a spiritual shift or, or you know some, something is, is trying to express itself in the middle well, of our let, country well let, let me well let oh, I'm so glad you asked I'm glad you went there uh Missouri is the last state to end slavery Oh, really? Yes, wow. it's the last state to end slavery. And the That's Word of God says the last shall be first. Not might, not maybe, but shall be first. So okay. rectification has to happen here first. There now, you go. Now, let me give it to you from a spiritual perspective. Okay. Uh, because, you know, Jesus, I'm an ambassador for Christ. The Word of God says, um, let us make man in our image after his likeness. And if you go to John 4.24, you'll see that God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, but I added a word so that we can be so clear to that scripture. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in all truth. Not some, but in all truth. Now, we're tripartite beings. We are spirits, we possess souls, and we live in a physical body. 
Matter of fact, we made up 15 faculties. If you if you really want to know the truth, uh, your, your body you can touch, taste, hear, smell, see. Your mind is made up of your mind, will, imagination, motion, and intellect. That's your soul, and you can uh, your spirit. You can pray in the spirit, worship, hope, reverence, and believe God. Those are 15 faculties that He's given us to use to be effective here. Uh, but let me let me break this down. Jesus came here. He came to seek and save those that which are lost. Those that have no direction, don't know who they are. And there's four types of loss, my brother. There's the lost sheep. There's a lot of folks that go to church that are lost. But it takes a real shepherd to leave the 99 to go find that one. There was the lost coin. As long as that coin was lost, it was not fulfilling its purpose. That lady had to stop vacuuming to go find that coin. The third loss was the prodigal son. It was when he came to his right mind when he found himself in the pig pen of life. He said, I can go back home and work and be like the, my, the servants because they're living good, better than I am. And then it was the brother that stayed at home that had an improper relationship with his brother. It grieved the father. Those four types of loss. The second reason why Jesus came, he came to set the captives free, not only physically but also mentally. Slavery was physical and mental. That's what, what made slavery totally different from any other slavery that America did. It took the people, the slaves' mind, and greeted fear, uh, distrust, and envy in the slaves from birth, and also physically locked them up. Jesus came to set them free mentally, and the only thing that will set you free is truth. He said, if you continue in my word, you'll know truth. It shall make you free. Change only comes when one is willing to embrace truth. The third reason why he came, he said, I came to destroy the works of Satan, and the works that I did, you should be doing also, and greater works, because I'm going back to the Father. So we should be doing the same work that he did, setting folks free that have been bound. And that's why I'm focusing on the descendants of American slaves, because the physical chains have been off them, but the chains are still on their minds. The fourth reason why Jesus came, he said, I've come so that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Not just abundantly, he said, more. And the fifth reason why Jesus came he said, I came so that you all down here can be one just like me and the Father are one. And so those are the five reasons why Jesus came that I use as my underpinning to do what I do as being an ambassador for Christ. I've given it to you from a spiritual side, and now I'm teaching the people not only the spiritual side, but also from a financial side because Jesus said he came so that they can have life and have it more abundantly. And if you go convert that word abundantly Back to the original Greek, you're going to see the word means wealthy. It's really amazing that they want to keep God separate in our nation. He said, I've given you all power to get wealth, Deuteronomy 8.18, mm-hmm. that you can establish my covenant. But the wealthy people control 1% of the wealth. The earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. This place belongs to God. It doesn't belong to the wealthy. It belongs to him. And so the wealth... God has given us the power to get it. But if the school systems don't teach you the wealth creation process, you're not going to be able to be wealthy because you can only operate out of what you know. And that's why Dad says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, not money. We've been ignorant to how processes work in America. We don't understand that America is a nation of commerce. But the slaves never were taught commerce. Our schools don't teach it. So that's where I'm at with this here, I'm doing the work 
to help heal those that have been locked in the lowest in the lowest level of a real life monopoly game, so that they can get out and experience life and live it to the maximum. Because that's what success is all about. It's about knowing your purpose in life. You're going to reach your maximum potential, and then turn around sowing seeds that help benefit others. I hope Dr. G, is your, is your dad still alive? No, he's gone on to the other side. Okay. Yeah, my dad passed away 18 years ago at the age of 71. But, uh, wow. So Missouri was the last state to end slavery. That's important that's to know. Wow. That's, that's huge. And I need to share this with your audience, and I don't know if I did in the conversation, but the last group of people, the last culture that has been introduced to the human family, and it's only 400 years old, is the American slave culture. Because, see, America created uh, its own particular culture because it took the people's mind as well as their bodies. It created a whole new breed of people. And so that, if you look around now still today, the physical chains have been off of the descendants of American slaves, but the chains are still on their minds. We really have not had a real internal leader since the night Dr. King was assassinated yeah. Yeah. 46 years ago. And so and we had killed, a lot of residual they, yeah, they killed leaders. Malcolm X, too. Absolutely. But Dr. King was the ultimate leader because he was about to launch the Poor People Campaign Movement because he recognized that wealth was a source to power Wealth was a source to freedom. And so they didn't want the people free. And so assassin bullet really has stopped the American slave culture, the American slave nation, from reaching its full potential. You've had a lot of residual leaders out here, and I don't need to put any of their names out, but yeah. we can see that the American slave culture has been struggling ever since. And so I've stepped up to be one of the new leaders to help say, time out, gang, we're going in the wrong direction. Here's a A, B, C, D, E, F, G plan that will get you to where you need to be, true freedom. And true freedom will come through only wealth. Dr. King gave, left two words for the people before they, they took him out of here, murdered him. Yep. He said, economic battlefield. He said, the next fight for Negroes, and he put an S on Negro. He didn't say Negro. He said, Negroes will be out of the economic battlefield. Because the economic battlefield is where wealth is created, and wealth is a source to power, a source to freedom. You know, I've got a coffee table, a photo album book. It's a coffee table book, and it's a black and white pictures of famous people uh, stating, you know, important quotes and everything else. And Harry Belafonte uh, sat down with Dr. King just 30, 45 days before he was assassinated, and Dr. King uh, admitted to Harry that, you know, he was really deeply troubled, deeply concerned, and almost felt at a loss. Uh, not depressed, but uh, he, he said to Harry, and Harry has it in the quote, uh, I, uh, to just to paraphrase it, uh, you, know, I, I'm, you know, we've done well, Harry, We've done good, and it's all been great, but I'm afraid we may be marching into a house that is already burning. That's right. You did say that. We've been and, into um, a house that is, uh, that is on fire. A house that is on fire that is burning, 
And it's almost like, I think Dr. King kind of knew what was really happening in the financial system, the, the underlying control fraud, controlled fraud of, of the debt-based monetary system. I, I think he knew the larger, bigger picture. Uh, had, hadn't yet gone public to verbalize that, but I think he was about to, uh, maybe through tapping his phone or you know surveilling, whatever, he was ready to, to address a lot of these issues in a big way. Absolutely. He said America, these quote, he said America had lost the little moral vision that it had. He said a nation that's not governed by morality is a nation that's headed in a, to abyss. And black people have been struggling in this system, maybe getting into a system, and the final analysis is a Sodom and Gomorrah. It won't work because America's need to be the best, its need to be greed, to be, has clouded its moral vision. And without any moral vision, this nation can lead its people anywhere except to destruction. Those were the words that he had. Him, he's, he, and I, I sleep, study, eat Martin Luther King. Wow. And I, under, I understand. So we've been off course. We've been off for a long time. And what we have to do is we don't need everybody, but you've got to have that remnant group that's really ready to uh, uh, have a paradigm shift and, and do it in such a way that God will be glorified in the process. We'll begin to put a, a new structure in place that will represent the uh, uh, proper values, uh, a new belief system, a vision uh, that, that's centered around uh, uh, being principle-centered that's about elevating hum- humankind. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is for everybody – but before I can go help the other communities, I've got to help the descendants of American slaves because mm-hmm. that is a culture that we don't want to lose. It's a, it's a beautiful culture when we really understand the American slave culture and what it did for this to help make our nation so great. We don't want to lose that. That's part of our history. But if it's not being taught in the school system, I see the angriness of whites. I see... I should say, I'm trying to move away from the word white and black. Yeah. I don't want to use that word. I want to use the yeah. word Caucasian and I want to, uh, 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 and, and the descendants of American slaves because that's, that's the real, that is the real thing. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no such thing as black. And I know folks want to, I know, I understand how it came into existence right after riot, Dr. King's uh, death, we had that riot. They, they wanted to, to, to be pride. They, I mean, they wanted to have uh, something that they could call their own. But our leaders really didn't understand history. They didn't understand cultures. That's why no one ever questioned that we've had at least five, six name changes. That's an identity issue. And what has happened is because we don't know our history, you can't give what you don't know to the children. And so these kids here are... Out, they're operating like a, 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 a ship without a rudder on it. They're just going around in circles. They don't have nothing to lock down to because they don't know who they are. And until you know who you are, you're not going to know what you are and what you've been called to do. You know, it's not about money. You know, I, I, know, how to take, I know how to take a dollar and create 60 with it. I know how to put up businesses. That's not our issue. Our issue is an identity issue. And once we, we really accept the fact that 
except the name that our mother gave us, our mother country gave us, she called us slaves. She developed us for one purpose, for two purposes, to serve perpetually white people or Caucasian perpetually, and also, too, to build this great nation that we live in, free labor. But she called us slaves, and we are descendants of American slaves. Now, I'm not a slave. I'm not a slave. Mm-hmm. I am a, a descendant, a byproduct of that, that greatness. And when we begin to look at it for, I look, I see, I see, I, I see, I'm, I'm celebrating slavery now. Because without slavery, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today sure. to be able to help fix this mess. And so I'm excited about the opportunity, and I, and I share this excitement with everyone that I talk to, that let's, let's celebrate slavery. Our ancestors were awesome to help build this great nation. Let's be proud of that. Let's be proud that corporate America created an awesome product. Just some of it is undeveloped with some uh, of the, the American slave uh, descendants. But the thing is it can be developed and can be able to make an impact. And we got to stop killing. And that's what I – here's the thing that everybody needs to understand. Not, these are not African Americans that they're killing. These are descendants of American slaves, and they really got firstborn right. Just think about that baby that was just born over there in England, <clears throat> baby George. He's got a silver spoon in his mouth, and he will never, ever have to worry about working because he's got birthrights. Mm-hmm because he was birthed through the family. What's the same process with America? America birthed slaves. That was her child that she was birthing. She just didn't understand that. Our forefathers didn't understand that they were creating a new culture. But it is what it is. That's the truth. And so let's embrace truth so it makes us all free, so we can move forward and look at it from a different paradigm, and then we can heal our nation and get on down the road so that we can all reach our full potential. I'm going to say this here about this incident that happened with Darren, the police officer, and Mike Brown. That was only the spark that lit the powder keg. Uh-huh. That, it's, been, it's been brewing ever since. Yeah. I went to Ferguson and talked to them about it three years ago, how we can fix the community, but unfortunately they were not ready. And when you're not ready, you miss out on opportunities. And so I'm really saddened that it's happened, but also I am happy too because now it has woken up to everyone about really what's going has been going on in St. Louis for a long time. It's just been in everybody's face, but nobody has dealt with it. But now that it has gotten a lot of media attention and the world is looking at uh, Florison, they're going to have to do something about it. And they're going to have to do something quick because what they're currently doing, it's not working. They're still trying to put in an old system, and we have shifted to the information age. It's a whole new different ball game. And, and I've helped take time out to develop training called the Life Build System. It's a whole new infrastructure that deals with the new social, political, and economic process for the information age that can really help elevate and empower the people that are in these communities. And that's what I was attempting to do over in East St. Louis, but I, we had a lot of people over there in East St. Louis that were still stuck in the agrarian age or the agriculture age because a lot of those people in East St. Louis did not participate in the Industrial Revolution. By the way, we've had three systems, the, ag- uh, the uh, agriculture age, the industrial age, and the information age. They're economic systems. Mm-hmm. And when you don't 
look at it from that paradigm, you're not gonna, it's not going to make sense to you. And I've written a book called Collaboration, Teamwork, and Networking, a case study for systematically working together to achieve successful living, which is out at the Descendants of American uh, Slave website that people need to buy. Because when you read it, it's going to help you make the paradigm shift, and then you can understand the new system. We're in the knowledge age. Knowledge is now the primary source of capital. It's more important than money. So everything has been developed, and what I'm doing right now is going back, and I'm using uh, America's Little Black Book and the American Slave Inc. Renaissance Plan to help the people that have been locked in the agriculture age see, help them make the paradigm shift and bring them over to the information age. And it's going to take all of us to do it. All of us are going to have to get involved. We're going to have to unlearn and then relearn. Matter of fact, the definition of the literate of the 21st century is not going to be the person that know how to read or write. It will be the person that do not know how to learn, unlearn, then relearn. And many folks are going to fall into that category if they don't understand the law of learning. I, matter of fact, Brother Fred, if they go out to www.drgerald.net and, and, and hit on the, my leadership button, I yep. put all this stuff out there online so that they can go and hear it and, and begin to learn this process so that they can make the shift. That's my gift to them. Okay. Uh, on the website, drgerald.net is a leadership button. Where, where is that? Uh, it's a gold button down at the bottom, and it says learn more, and you can click on it. There it is. And Got you, it. Learn more. Got it. Perfect. And you click when you click on it, it'll pop you to the leadership side of the site. And then if you look under my content and click on my content and you look down and see the laws that I've been teaching for the community and just click on one of the laws, you'll see the law of learning and fasten your seatbelt because you can go to thirty five thousand feet. <laughs> Hang on for the ride. <laughs> because as you hear it, faith comes by hearing. And as you begin to internalize the process and just listen to it and take notes, it's going to change your life forever because Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you'll know truth. It will make you free. And so everybody needs to be set free mentally. As a matter of fact, I got out there the 15 freedom truths. And if you listen to that, that, that series, it's about 40-something minutes, and just take notes, your life is going to change forever because it's only truth that makes you free. Knowing truth makes you free. Know a lie, incorrect data keeps you in bondage. And so it's out there already. You know, I just, for some reason, I haven't been able to get it out to the world. But I have several people that, my students that I train, and they got this information. It's changing their lives. They're being set free mentally. Physical chains have been off of them. But now the 15 freedom truths that are out there will set them free mentally and then I'm teaching them about finance, how to take a dollar and create 60 with This That's the last piece in the process. Fascinating. Dr. G, we have people online that may want to pose a comment or question out there. Anybody? Uh, a star six. For, uh, I'm just going to give, give a call out to Gary Noble. Is Gary out there? Yes. Oh, great. Gay, Gary. <laughs> Gary Nobles is on the call, Dr. G. Gary, are you there? Yeah, I'm still Start. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Start. Can oh, you yeah. hear me? Hey, Gary, how you doing, man? <laughs> Brother. I'm just listening in to uh, Dr. Dr. Gerald over there and just getting in all the information. Great show. 
Brother Gary, how you doing? Long time no hear from. Yeah, it's been a while. Good to hear from you. Good to hear hear from Fred, Didi, and, and Steve over there. <laughs> great. Great to see you on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dr. G was making some good points there. A lot of great information. And uh, I take my hat off to all the work Dr. G is always doing in the community, East St. Louis, St. Louis. He's always on the front line. And, uh, yes, sir. It's just a great show to listen to the information and, and how uh, Dr. G is on point about some of the healing that needs to take place and how definitely we as people in, in, the, in the United States, how we could get on course and begin the healing process and also have the blessing, have God's blessing and more of a revelation of truth that free is in the people, it's in us. What was your question, my brother? No, that just sounded like just a comment, but, you know, it's always great to hear your voice, Brother Gary. Good to hear yours, too, Dr. G. We got to get together and break bread, my friend. Okay, let's do that soon. Yeah, we're doing some good things in St. Louis. We're about to open up a, a, a farmer's market right in the heart of St. Louis, and we've been growing produce and uh, hopefully this year we will open up 10 businesses, 10 business co-ops right in the heart of the city that will really begin to create jobs and help to move the people from poverty, ignorance, dependency, and complacency to knowledge, wealth, and power. We can do oh. this one. Yeah, very good, because we're still down in, uh, um, in the Crown Square area at the, art, um, at the art center down there, 14th Street Artist Community. All right. Well, we have to get together, my brother. Yeah, we're still working with the fathers. So we're the fathers are working on 16 principles of love because, you know, from my heart, from a spiritual point, it takes that passion. It takes the passion, the love of the Father, the love of Christ, the love of the Father, to really get and, and be open and practicing and coming into that revelation knowledge so we can get into the fullness and begin to heal and begin to put the work together. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, awesome. hey, that's, a, that's an awesome thing, my brother, because love, I tell people love is about sharing, caring, giving, adding value to someone or something other than yourself. So I'm glad that you are teaching on love because that, that, that is important. That's so important. I'm so proud to hear that you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were down there, Dr. G, with Gary uh, and, and some of the kids that he – the Saturday morning breakfast club, uh, we cracked some prayers there, and, and Gary asked me to speak before the kids, and uh, it was in a church, a uh, Lutheran church across from the park, and as this Ferguson broke uh, this you know, past fall from the incident in August, Gary called me up and he said, Freddie, do you know where we were when we broke that prayer and you made the speech or talked to the kids? And I, I said, well, yeah, I, rem- I remember it, but I don't physically... No, the location was said it was across the park from the apartment complex where Mr. Mr. Brown was 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 killed. So we were that close to the ground zero, so to speak, right, Gary? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Fred uh, and uh, Dr. G. Fred spent a lot of time over there in Ferguson. 
That's good. You know what, Fred? Uh, he's a good man. It's, uh, uh, it's a really pr- honor to know him. A privilege and pleasure. But we were just walking those paths, and and that uh, Gary, did you were you on the call when Doctor G said Missouri was the last state to end slavery? You had to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I heard the whole. That uh, is amazing. The whole wow. Yeah, it is the last state. To that 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 brings it all home here. <laughs> Also, that means also this has to be the first. That's where it has to start. Place. Yeah, the last has to be first. The education, right. the recognition, the awareness, the regrouping, the centering, the the balancing, everything has to come out of Missouri. Sounds hey, like Jesus. How you doing? The world here. That's what's exciting. This is the place where it has to start because this yeah. is the heart of the country, fellows. And everything flows from the heart, everything. And so it will flow from this city, especially as we come together and get on one accord and be willing. And that's the key thing, to be willing to come together, to uh, collaborate and work together to heal, this, to heal our nation. See, God is with us. He's with us. He said, oh, how good it is when the brethren come together in unity. He said, for where you are in unity, I will command the blessings on you for life and forevermore. And so he's been waiting for us to come together. And so this Ferguson issue is bringing people together of like mind and of like faith that really want to make some things happen. Yes, I would would agree with Dr. Uh, Darrell because, you know, just listening to you speak, Dr. Darrell, I just smiled because uh, Fred had uh, Fred had me on the show with uh, DD and Steve and, and in the Underground Network. I guess right after this stuff happened in in uh, Ferguson, and I I I said that I didn't believe anything was going to happen to Darren Wilson. You know, nothing. There was there was nothing going to happen. You know, and I believe that the people were basically going to do what they did. And so, and to hear you say what you said about dealing with the slave slavery culture is is this. And you, and you look at what happened that day, being in that bad situation when Darren Wilson came up in the camp field. If you know, the camp fields are all slave descendants up in the camp field. So when he came in and that happened, it was so many people around doing that. What was what what my what, what my understanding was, it was basically, okay, everybody we've been out there we spent ten years in that area. Right you know, shortly I I'd say about five, six years before I met you, we spent six eight years in that area. Fred used to come down working with the young people and the young people didn't have no rec centers. They didn't have anything to do. Kids were playing out in the, in the, in the street, and they had nothing to do. So basically, we've been trying to get a Christian rec center there since 1999. We couldn't get any support from any of the churches. Everybody's sitting over there look, watching. They know that there's a problem there, but yep. there was nothing being addressed. And so when all that happened with, with the situation with Darren Wilson and Mike Brown, 
basically I was wondering and asking some of the young people, why are you so upset? Why why this situation versus any other crime, black-on-black crime that has happened in St. Louis, all the murders throughout the city, throughout uh, the city of St. Louis and the surrounding area? Why so? Why such an uprise in this? And, and, and basically what I was saying is that, you know, to, to come up there and, 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 to, and to riot over that situation was basically, I believe, the fact that it was a black, black person and a white police officer. It was a racial issue. I believe that. Instead of being honest, instead of being honest and standing up and being honest and saying what the people really, what was really on point, that there is a fence between the descendants of slaves and between Caucasians in America and in these inner cities. To, to be honest, it would be without being honest to say there's a fence. And when that happens, that's just, that's just the pain, the outcry of the fence, a bigger issue meaning right. something that has never been dealt with. And you're on point. That's why I was really smiling when I was listening to you, to you speak about what you, the work that you're doing presently. Well, brother, I'm glad and I appreciate you for acknowledging that. Um, I'm looking forward to, to us having a reunion and, and uniting so we can put fulfill the assignment that, that our creator has sent us to the planet to do uh, for our communities. And I'm proud of you, Brother Gary, for, for staying out there on the fence, helping the, the youth, because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take us all out there helping to make a difference. It take, it's going to take teamwork to make the dream work, but we can make this happen on our watch. We have to, because they're looking at us, the, the next generation, they're looking at us, and we have to provide the leadership and the processes of how to get it done. And I, and I know we can do that. Yeah. I'm on it, brother. It's so great to hear your voice tonight. Yeah, and, and to speak to Fred and, and, and my brothers, uh, Steve and Sister Didi, and which I love you guys so much, that, you know, just, just to tell, be honest, you know, it's going to take all of us a consciousness of truth. You know, if you have a wound, because I don't think in, in I think I don't think throughout any of these cities and these inner cities, big cities, any of these cities that have this issue and, and continue to not to acknowledge that hey, we we have an issue here and we need to really deal with this. We really need to deal with this and really look at. The, the 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 hurt, okay, and and the damage and the destruction it is caused to a people. Maybe we say, hey, none of us was there in slavery, but as far as being a family and and, and strengthening a nation together, we have to acknowledge our weaknesses and the things that need to be corrected 
and I believe that God would definitely, we, you definitely, I think the world would stand up and watch. Look at America. Yep. By acknowledging the truth and That's doing right. something about it. Not only acknowledging it, but doing something about it. As hey, brother a Garrett, That's right. That's right, brother. Uh, one of the things that I'm doing right now, and this is, uh, I, I guess I'll put it out there. Uh, you know, after I, I um, had visited uh, Ferguson three years ago and shared with them about they're sitting on a powder keg and they weren't listening, the father spoke to my heart about, since I got you flying around the jet in all the cities, go ahead and start putting it in other cities. And so I've been working on putting it in place in 21 U.S. cities right now, even as we speak. This is a movement. And so, there, you know, there's, I got targeted cities right now. And, and I put up something, we put up something on Facebook. And, you know, we had about 244 people that hit our page uh, back in on December 31st. In less than a month and a half, we got over 1,500 people that have joined the Descendants of American Slaves website on Facebook. Over, four, I mean, over, over 1,250 people over that 244. And so people want this. And so as we begin to put it in place, this movement is going to bring about the change that's so desperately needed in our, in our nation. And Brother Gary, Brother Fred, and all the other folks on this line here, I hope and pray that we have this opportunity that we this can be the start of something together as we begin to heal our, our country because this is this is our country. We are all Americans, and if any American's hurting, we all are hurting. And if we have that mindset, then we'll never we can we'll stay humble, and we can truly then be servants that God can use to help other people. Because that's another reason why Jesus came. He came to help the poor. He came. Jesus came so that they don't have to be poor no more. And I'm talking about spiritual, mental, social, physical, yeah, and economic, finances. We, we, he said all. All. But we have the processes now to make it happen. The things that we did in East St. Louis, that was the test ground. We were testing it. Well, the product has been tested and developed, and now we can launch it on a full scale in many cities now. And we've set up the American Slave Inc. company in St. Louis. It's a nonprofit 5013C, and I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on the door with corporate America asking them for support because our government is broke, but corporate America is rich. And corporate America invented slavery, and they have a, issues. And we have the mortar to fix the foundation that has cracks in it, the American Slave Foundation. So I, I'm thankful, and Gary, we got to get together soon, bro. Okay, that sounds good. I'll give you a call. Hey, Gary, thank you for coming on the call and making those comments, and uh, appreciate your support and prayers uh, ongoing over the years, as always. And uh, uh, anybody else on the call, we're going to wrap up our visit with Dr. Gerald. Um, and Dr. G, we do want to stay in touch as you, you extended the offer to Gary. Uh, I, I hear it from, from my standpoint and, uh, I'm I'll, extending I'll... the offer to you, brother Fred, and to your, your, your team. Okay. It, it's not about me. It truly is about we. Yeah. Fred, we got a lot of callers, so, uh, give them a okay. few. 
to unmute. We've got also a caller from uh, Tampa Metro on TalkShoe. So uh, now, okay. if you want to speak up, say something. Anybody else? Go ahead. will help moderate uh, the callers into the call. Go ahead. Anybody? Yeah, uh, just star six because we, we had to mute a few people, Fred. So star six okay. to unmute yourself if you're one of those that got muted. Feel free to pose a comment or question to Dr. Gerald. Hey, Dr. G. Hello. How are you? Yeah, this is Brian, man. Brian Cobbs, your brother in St. Louis. How you doing? Praise the Lord. Welcome aboard, brother. How you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. I am doing fantastic. Great call, and uh, you hit the nail on the head. The movement is in place, and... uh, we just need to keep the ball running, and uh, so you and I will be getting together, and we'll get some. Uh, you know, one of the keys is again education. We have to yes. we have to unlearn to relearn. And yes. so there's some there's some some things out there that we could do and get started. One uh, one other tip though, now, Missouri is not the last. We're we're in that list. Mississippi is the last as of February seventh. 2013, they finally ratified, uh, rectified the, uh, the the slavery issue. What did they do? They 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 rectified uh, the, the 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 slavery issue, even though it was, uh, you know, Missouri was 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 late in the game. Mississippi just got it done, where they actually agreed to uh, to do away with and accept the amendment. And it was only as far as February seventh of twenty thirteen. So we got a lot to do. I got to do, do more research on that, but uh, fascinating. Yeah. So that doesn't that doesn't make us exempt, and we okay. were the powder keg. You see what I'm saying? That doesn't make yeah. us exempt. But yeah, we 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 we've got a lot of work to do, and we're on the right track. And I'm with you, brother, all the way. You did a great job. And well, thank you, brother. Thanks for sending the information out, and uh, look forward to working with you. All right, thank you so much. Looking forward to us uh, doing what we got to do to help to help our communities. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? A star six. Your phone. Feel free to pose a comment or question to Dr. Gerald. Your prayers are appreciated as well. If you. Don't have a comment or question. Your prayers are appreciated. I have a comment. Go ahead. Um, I'm from Milwaukee, and I'm one of the students, and he's been doing an amazing job with um, with tapping into what I've already felt and what I've already, quite a few things that I've already known about. And and being at my age, um, you guys are a little bit older than I am, but I've already been touched and kissed and and taught by a slave. I was lucky to have been old enough to be in that position. So I have a great understanding of where he's coming from when he said that we need to learn our history. And there's plenty of us that really do need to learn our history that are both um, racist and bigots on both sides. You know, it's not just the Caucasians, it's also our side as well. And um, it's pretty sad because I, t- I tell people, you know, that we are here for a very short time. Why should we waste this time 
being the way that we are to each other. And we are all brothers and sisters with one another. And our focus should be on our community, raising our community. And um, we all touch each other's lives, you know, no matter which way that someone wants to see it. When the stock market fell, we all fell in all economic levels. We all, we all felt it. So my mission is the same as his. I'm learning right now what I need to learn before I stand before others and um, and help them learn and help and teach them what it is that he is trying to do and what Dr. Um, what Noah Shelton is trying to do and as yourself, I've been listening to you guys talk and it is wonderful to see that people on different sides of the spectrum can come together and 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 share different ideals but going in the same direction. It's this world right now is very, very short on time. And we don't have time to keep debating as I have just recently taken myself off the site with someone because I don't need the negativity. Of course, there's going to be negativity, but I don't need to converse with someone back and forth. We need to start taking action. No small, no matter how small your economic um, background is or how large your economic back, background is, it has not, it, that has something to do with it, but it has nothing to do with it. We are all human. We are all capable humans. We have to get up and move forward and physically change things, change things for the better for all of us. And and um, I'm not in it to be glorified. I'd rather be in the back and do my part. And like Dr. G or whoever else that want to, you know, that I want to follow. I'm not trying to be a, I don't want to be a chief. I can be an Indian and I'm following and doing my part. But, um, Every day, we all are capable of making a difference. And so in, in doing so, in my reading and my studying the books and talking with other people, I'm, I'm getting people on board, on board. I mean, we all have to, especially with this country. I'm saying that we have to take care of our own backyard. We do. In this country, we become such um, importers more so than exporters, we can't, our country can't sustain this much longer, and the division between cultures can no longer sustain what we've been going through. Otherwise, we're doing to fail very soon. So, on that note, I'm very happy that I did come on here and I listened to you guys and, um, and, and hear, you know, the discussion, the things that you're talking about, you know, from different from two different races or whatever, but Dr. You know what I'm Dr. Dita? Yes, He's I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're so quiet. I'm not used to somebody being so quiet to listen to me. Yeah, I'm we're... not getting emotional. I'm very passionate about the things that I feel and I'm always been the one to give and I always and I got a lot to give, so um I'm not going to be on here too long myself. I got to get back in bed and study these books, and because I don't want him on my back. But um, I'm very proud too. So Milwaukee will be doing their part too. Um, all right, all right. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. Thank you for your comments, ma'am. Very articulate, very well well stated. 
And uh, I don't know if Dr. G, you know, I, I didn't tell this to to you, uh, Dr. G, but uh, the reason why this call got underway uh, back in 2007 was through the outreach and the activism that we were all part of as a group, as a community all across the country to support the documentary America Freedom to Fascism by the late Aaron Russo, who was the producer of Trading Places with Eddie Murphy, The Rose of Bette Midler, and uh, multi-award winning Hollywood you know, producer, uh, et cetera. So we all worked with Aaron for the better part of a year and a half. Uh, and, and, uh, when I stepped down, we, we, by, by that time we had, we had all participated, got that movie into 77 cities, uh, distributed over a quarter of a million DVDs, uh, had it on Google video, hit number one in the UK, the USA. And, um, there was a, a, a movement, so to speak, that came out of that that movie because of the information that it contained about the truth, about you know the antecedent connections to slavery in our debt-based monetary system, basically. <laughs> so uh, it brought us together, and that's why Steve and Betty launched this call when I stepped down. They asked me to, you know, would you still be involved if we created this call? And Steve is the founder of the call. Steve Harris and and Betty. Smith, who hails from North Carolina as well, uh, she and he and Betty uh, launched the call, and I, I do my part, and everyone kind of plays a role. But we've been doing this for it'll be going on eight years this coming May. We've been doing this call every, every Thursday night. Congratulations! Congratulations! And and you know, it was through that time. Well, I go back to Gary, uh, all the way back to 2000. I've known Gary since the spring of 2000. But we've definitely stayed in touch and over the years shared broke prayer and everything else. So uh, uh, anybody else have a comment or a question before we wrap things up for tonight? And I really appreciate everyone's support and vision uh, of sharing in, in, in these comments tonight. Well, this is Steve from AU Network in Charlotte, and I just want to echo and support what Fred said. and also uh, part of, of founding this uh, show that we also stream on the Internet and uh, archive is uh, Gary Nobles, because Gary Nobles was pretty much uh, part of our family from the onset. So, uh, again, it's an honor yep. to have you with us tonight, Gary. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good to hear from you, Steve. Well, Fred, Absolutely, I just Gary. Yeah, I just want to add this to what Dr. Bill uh, was saying today. Sure. And all of us are coming together as a family because that's what we are. And you guys know the love I have for you. And and I just want to just share this with, with the work that, that Dr. G is doing and the work that you guys are doing and the work that we have to do here in St. Louis. I just, I just, just want to pray that love will be find us together, that love would be the standard to get it done. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gary. (laughs) Can I, uh, before we go, before you sign off, I want to pray for the group here as well. Uh, Sure, absolutely. Go right ahead. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your word that is forever settled in heaven. 
And, Father, you sent the word to heal us from our destruction. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, you've given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You said whatever that we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever that we loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we bind up ignorance, poverty, dependency, complacency, disunity, division, jealousy, wrath, envy. We bind them up right now in Jesus' name. And, Father, we loose the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wealth, the spirit of empowerment, the spirit of unity, the spirit of oneness. And, Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, use us in such a way that we be the light everywhere that we go. We have favor, and everything that we touch will prosper. And, Father, we pray for this city, Ferguson. Let it be the place where healing, restoration will come from this city, and many will see that and will adopt it in all the other cities that we go into across the U.S., and, Father, you'll be so ever careful to get all the glory, all the honor, all the admiration. And, Satan, we bind you up. The demons you sent to come against us, we now release them of their assignment and cast them back to the uttermost parts of the earth. They cannot hinder the body from coming together. And, Lord, we just say thank you for using us in such a special way. Bless the founders and, and Fred, Betty, Steve, Gary in a way that, they know that you did it. Bless their organizations. We pray that every need is met, every bill is paid off, and this vehicle will be a light that touches many people. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray, and, and those that are in agreement with it, just say amen. 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 A great way to end the call, Dr. Gerald. Gary Nobles, thank you so much, Steve, Betty, Didi. Uh this Thank is Jay you, Fred. I wanted to say something real quick. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> hey, this is Jay from North Carolina. My my mom marched with King, and she worked for the American Friends Service Committee, and she put together a book that's called The Seeds of Peace. And I don't know, it's maybe out of print right now, but you might be able to find a copy. It's called Seeds of Peace, and it's a book of uh, quotes of famous people. Uh, it's a whole compilation, but it's you should try to get a copy of that. Um, I think you'd like it. All right. Oh, thanks, Jay. And Jay was originally from the south side of Chicago, folks. Yep. I was Born right there in the of those 68 riots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Jay, safe travels to you, my friend. Dr. G, thank you so much. We will definitely stay in touch. Gary Nobles, thank you so much for coming on the call and sharing the blessings of your voice and your heart and your soul. And uh, for everyone, we'll be back next week on the same time, same channel. Keep the prayers coming. I'll be in touch, everyone. Thanks, Dr. G. Appreciate it. God bless, everyone. Take care. Dr. G. Dr. G. Dr. G. Hello? Oh, I think he hung up, Jay. Okay. All right. Fred, go on. Is yeah, Fred's done. Hey, well, all right, well, I'm going to hey, go to Hey, Jay. Hey, Betty. Yeah. Betty. I lived in the south side of Chicago, too. You did? I did for a while, yeah. Where at? Not far from the Museum of Science and Industry. Oh, my God, I grew up at the Museum of Science and Industry. Well, my husband at the time was in an Army radar group, uh, and that's where he was assigned. They had a radar division in the back wing of that. 
Well, you know Lakeshore Drive went out past oh, that God, park. Oh, God, yes. We used to be out there and pick up cans for deposits. Okay, well, Lakeshore <laughs> Drive turned into um, Jeffrey, right? Uh, it was Lakeshore Drive when I was there. I know, but Lakeshore Drive went oh, after it. Oh, okay. Yeah. After you went around the lake, and then it went by that little sailboat uh, marina thing, and then it turned yeah. into a straight street and went up the city. That was Jeffrey Avenue. Yeah. And I lived on 71st, or right around 71st and Jeffrey all my life. The L so, was right close by that, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no, I... not the L, but the Illinois Central tracks. Went 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 right down 71st. Oh, okay. I, I meant the elevated one. Yeah, the elevated one stopped over on uh, Stony Island Avenue, didn't it? No, I don't. Re- I don't remember that. But anyways, all I, I remember is I only had to walk two blocks to get there. That's all I remember. <laughs> you know where the water treatment plant is, right there yes. along the river. Yes. Well, yes. I, I I lived at 68th and Oglesby, which was what uh, year. I, I what looked out sixty one to uh sixty one to um probably seventy two. Oh, I, I was way before that. I was about yeah. nineteen fifty, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but that's where that's where I grew up. Right there. With the, you know, we lived three different places but they were all in a six block area right there. It was the beanery still around? Uh, I they don't know. Yeah, the Boston baked beans and brown bread. Boy, was it good. If I couldn't ride my bike there, but see, I'd get on the bus on Jeffrey on on my street right there and and ride it down to the Museum of Science and Industry and stay there all day. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was going to tease Fred a little bit, but I fi- I figured it wasn't proper right then, because did you notice notice how he hesitated when he sent to say my name? It was Betty, and it's like he had to think a minute before he said Smith. Did you notice it? Yeah, I did. I was wondering, too. That's funny. I, oh, I my figured, gosh. Well, this isn't the time to go after him over. Well, well, you're the most famous person on the call, aren't you there, Miss yeah. Betty White? <laughs> uh, she can have her own name and still be famous on this call. <laughs>
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.